Adrian's going to come and share from God's word this morning, and I think it'd be great as a church, as, as, as it does, that we pray for him. So come on, Adrian, Pastor Adrian. Shall we extend our hands towards Adrian? Just such a blessing to us. Father God, I just thank you for Adrian. Lord God, I thank you for his heart, for this house. And Lord, as he speaks your word and truth this morning, I pray that you'd refresh him greatly. Uh, Lord God, I thank you for the gift and the blessing that he is. And Lord, I just pray that um, that sense of expectation that we've heard of this morning, that sense of uh, your presence and power at work would be, it would just come alive again through your word as it's preached this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit just be prompting us and opening us up and revealing you, Jesus. And uh, we thank you for this series of Just Jesus. And we declare that it is all about you, Jesus. It is all about you. So we come with open hearts and open hands and open ears as we hear what you prepared in Adrian's heart for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's look up together. Thanks, Andrew. Have a look at this. He is more than you could ever need. He's more than the eye could see. I don't deserve his love, but he's always been there for me. You see, Jesus met me when I was at my lowest. And if you don't know Jesus, know this. He is the greatest example of generosity this world of greed has ever seen. And when Jesus hit the scene, he changed the scenery and met diversity with serenity. If you're looking for peace, he offers plenty. Jesus was and Jesus will forever be king. And when the angels sing, they sing of the grace that was displayed for sinners like me. I can't explain him and I can't describe him. And if I could, he wouldn't be Jesus. Because you can't explain eternity and you can't comprehend the galaxies. But it was the loving hands of Jesus who spun them into existence and created man knowing he would go to the cross to pay our sentence. There was a certificate of judgment with a period after the sentence and we were sentenced to death long before he said it is finished. He is a father to the orphan, a shelter for the homeless, a hiding place for the abused and an anchor for our storms. He stormed the gates of hell and came out on top and the power of his gospel cannot be stopped. Even when the world tries, They try a lot. He traded places with Barabbas and became the catalyst of missions across the world covering every portion of the atlas. If you're in need of rest, I know of a mattress. If you don't know Jesus, your future is tragic. But he gladly embraced tragedy so we could live in his presence of majesty. His presence is presence. And it's his presence that presents preciousness to a world of peasants. He is far from pretentious, but still loves those who are. He is the light of the world and hung the stars. He brings the dead to life and delivers life to the dead. He took a crown of thorns on his head so we could put crowns at his feet and I can't wait until I get to kiss his feet that were nailed to a cross for me and for you and for every person around the world. He loves the world and I love his word because the word became flesh and in his flesh he demonstrated the word to the world. He is an example to every boy and every girl. He is a lover of black people. He is a lover of white people. He is a lover of the unchurched and the assembly under the steeple. He doesn't see the believers' failures but still takes time to celebrate their faithfulness. It's the power of the spirit that enables us and gives us boldness when the world labels us. And if you want to label me, please call me a Jesus freak. If that freaks you out, good. Because it's better to be good with God than to fight being misunderstood by a world that could never understand. So let it be understood that I don't worship man. We worship Jesus. And although he doesn't need us, he still sees us and pleads with us to run to the cross where he bled for us. His heart bleeds for us. His heart grieves for us. But still graciously grants us a pardon for our treason in a season where the world tries to explain away the work of the Spirit with human reasoning. There is a reason they can't. Because the Spirit is like the wind and the wind cannot be seen. But loved is the one who believes without seeing the unseen. I'm telling you today that Jesus is something. He's something more. 
He's something great. And if you want to know him, you don't have to wait. He stands at the narrow path with a key to the gate, and you only have to reach out and embrace his grace. I don't care who's president. I have a king who is always present. I don't care who holds musical celebrity. The voice of the Lord will always be the sweetest melody. I don't care who owns the riches of the globe. My Jesus holds more wealth than one ruby on his robe. I don't care who is the strongest or the fastest. Nothing matches the creator of the universe and his immortal, infinite status. I don't care about religious leaders who died and stayed dead. I'll only worship the one who conquered death and wears a crown on his head. His name is Jesus, and I'm telling you, he's something. He was faithful yesterday, and he is faithful today. I can feel his presence whenever I pray. And when the time comes for me to fade away, I'll remember the day I heard him say, My name is Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. Absolutely no one. We were looking at that last week, weren't we, as we were looking together at this series, Just Jesus. There's absolutely no one in the universe, on the face of this world, in history, beginning and to come, like the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's put amazingly. Andrew put that up on our Facebook page. You can see that again if you want to uh, look at that video. It's, it's, I took it off our Facebook page. I was so impressed with that message and the guy that produced that. It's amazing. Awesome. A real tribute to the fact that there's no one like the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning we're looking at the theme of rest in Jesus. So if you have a Bible, will you turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. There's some quite well-known words and I'm going to read them in a, in a slightly different translation. So it may be a well-known passage, but you won't have read it perhaps in the way that I'm going to read it to you in the translation that I'm going to pick. So it's Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, and we're looking at the theme of finding rest in Jesus. Over these next few months, we're we're looking at Jesus Christ, how we can live like him, live for him, live with him, live in him, and be like Christ to the world around us, and experience him, and know him, and his love, his character, and his power in and throughout our lives. And so that's where we're going. But this morning, we're going to look at the theme of rest. What does it mean to find rest in Jesus Christ? How do we do that? What's it like? It's pretty amazing, let me tell you. If you can find the Lord Jesus Christ, he makes himself available to us. He's not distant and far removed. We've only got to ask. We've just got to reach out to him, and he will reach out to you. You don't have to try hard. It's as simple as that. And that's what we're going to look at just in the next few moments. So you need to buckle up because we haven't got very long. Uh, So I don't want to speak too quickly, but there's some stuff I want to just share for a moment or two, and then we're going to pray together. So Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, reads like this. It's where Jesus says, Come to me if you're weary and burdened or heavy laden. But I'm going to read it to you from the message, which is the version that's up on the screen there. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover life, your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. That's uh, the message um, translation. It, 
It's similar, but pretty different. If you've read it in the NIV, it reads like this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Perhaps you've read it and more used to reading it that way in the NIV. But I've chosen the message because the message, uh, the way the translation has been written, is incredibly accurate to sort of the original wording of the original language and the way in which Jesus would have portrayed his message when he was sharing it with his friends and followers 2,000 years ago. So it's, that's the reason why I've chosen that reading for this morning. So are you tired and worn out, burned out on religion? Today we live fast and full lives, fast and furious. You know, people are saying all the time we need to slow down and simplify. You, you, all, all the magazines... I live in a household of girls. So all the magazines are looking at slowing down, simplifying life. I often will look at the problem page, the self-help page, the every other page. And all the pages of all the magazines that are in our household are always talking about how to simplify life, how to slow down. You know, we seem to be on a, 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 a fast pace it's fast and full. Many, say many years, some years ago, a futurist or future writer by the name of Alvin Toffler wrote a, 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 a writing, a paper called Future Shock. In the 1970s, he looked forward to an era, the year 2000 was a long way off in the, in the early 70s, to an era where technology would change every few years. And technology, he said, will drive life. And you know what? He's not too far off. And he said that what will happen is there will come an era where technology is changing at such a pace every few years that we will must have that must-have technology or that must-have tablet or that must-have smartphone or that must-have microwave or that must-have whatever it is, appliance in the home. That it will be that we will change and we will keep up the pace with this changing technology. And he said there will come an age where we just won't be able to keep up anymore. And he says that's what he called future shock. There will come a shock to humanity, where our emotions, life, pace, change, something will have to give. That's what Alvin Toffler was writing. And at the time, it was a a big doomsday scenario, and everybody in the 70s was worried and said, no, that's not going to happen. But today, we live fast, full, and furious pace of life. I bump into people all the time saying, I haven't got time. I'll I'll, I'll see if I can make it. Invite someone around and we look at our diary and we will juggle everything and then at the last minute say to someone, I've got a window of opportunity, I can come around now. That's the speed and the pace and the fullness that we have in our lives today. And Jesus was speaking to people about tired, worn out, are you burned out? And, you know, sometimes in life we, we, we can be running on. You go away on holiday And uh, it won't be very long before your body catches up, your emotions catch up three or four days later with the fact that you've been living in the fast lane. And that's how you know that your body, your emotions, your spirit, our hearts and our spirit needs to catch up, as it were. And so Jesus spoke into then and he speaks now into our hearts and lives. Are you tired? 
Are you worn out? He goes on to say, are you burned out on religion? Religion occurs when we concentrate on something rather than someone. I've spoke about this a lot. You know, religion occurs when we concentrate on something rather than someone. You can have Pentecostal charismatic religion. We're a Pentecostal charismatic church. But if you concentrate on some things, ministries, doing this, doing that, on the some things, it's all about someone. And his name is Jesus. Jesus is at the center of it all. That's what we want to focus our hearts and realign our hearts on, the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes I meet Christians, it's their ministries. Of course we do ministry, of course we serve, of course we want to do things for God, of course. It's not wrong. But it's so easy to concentrate on some things rather than the someone. And that is where religion occurs. Don't think that you cannot have charismatic religion. Don't think you cannot have Pentecostal religion. It can come at any point in any life, in any system of things, when we concentrate on things. Some things. You know, things don't satisfy only someone. Some things don't satisfy. Oh, they can help. I'm not saying these things don't help. I'm not saying that you don't get joy and and improvements to life. Of course you do. But ultimately, things do not satisfy. Only someone in the human heart, there's a desire for relationship. We said a lot about that last week. And that someone is the Lord Jesus Christ. A relationship with Jesus through Jesus to God the Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what satisfies someone. And Jesus was beginning to share with his friends. And so he said this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? He then said this, come to me. Can you see it there in the text? Come to me. Do you notice that? This, I chose this text because it's the whole of the text is the language of relationship. All, our, all the guys or the ladies that were speaking at the front here, sharing their experience at conference uh, at a church in Toronto, a great church in Toronto, a great conference, were speaking about encountering the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Father God. It's all about relationship. And at the bottom line, and so Jesus said to those people, come to, do you notice that? Me. Do you notice that? Not the denomination, not even the great church, not even the great conference, not even the great speaker. And we can have great churches, great conferences, great speakers. Of course, we're not against any of those things. God raises up great churches. God raises up great speakers. We can have great moments. But Jesus says this, come to me. You know, that is the key to life for you and I, friends. That is the key to finding hope. That is the key to finding true rest. That is the key to finding the true meaning of life. It's knowing Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus stresses that when he says, come to me. He doesn't even say, come to my teaching. Of course we follow his teaching. Of course we do. He doesn't even say, come and come to the teaching. Come, come and follow this teaching. Well, of course we do. And of course he sort of teaches that. But he says this, and no other leader, no other philosopher, no other teacher said this, come to me. Jesus, no one like Jesus. There is absolutely no one. He is the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And he is the one who gives the meaning to life. He is the great someone. 
Christ truly satisfies. In our hearts, things don't satisfy. Someone, not something. And Jesus is the great someone. And so he says, come to me. Now that is so simple. That someone, it's so simple, but we make it so hard. You and I will look for everything else than him. I don't know about you, but when I was a, bit, a little bit younger, if I had homework to do, and my mum and dad would say, have you done your homework? Don't forget to do your homework. I'd go and tidy my room. <laughs> I never tidied my room. My room always used to be like a bomb site. I was very untidy. My desk, if you come into my study, my desk is a bit like my room would have been. They say untidy desk, untidy mind. Well, maybe that's a bit true, maybe that's not true. I don't know about that. But all I know is I would find everything and anything. I'd look out the window. I'd make myself a drink. I'd even tidy my room and my mother would be amazed. It's in human nature. We'll look for other stuff. We'll do everything else. And in church life, conferences and speakers and things, we find so many great things. That's not wrong. But Jesus says... Simply, simply, me. Not me, him. Amazing, amazing. There's no one, no one like Jesus. No one. Now, do you notice in the text, it's there in front of you, um, the way that it's translated. Um, He then amplifies this relationship. This is the language of love, the language of relationship. Not just knowledge of teaching, but a relationship with the living God uh, in the, through the Son. Do you notice this? He says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll, sh- I'll show you how. Then he goes on, and then he goes on to say, walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. This is how you take on the yoke. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Then he goes on to say, finally, keep company with me. It's relationship. And so it's getting away with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's seeing how he does life. It's then walking with him. It's then also working with him. And it's watching how he does it. And the Holy Spirit does it. And it's Keeping company. In other words, being with him. Okay, I, I, I can't go on. Time doesn't permit. I'm excited by that because it's all about keeping company with the Lord Jesus. Uh, a couple of years ago, I talk about it a lot, but I, I, a couple of years ago, I went through a stage in leading in church life, our church. It was getting tougher and tougher, and I felt like giving up. I nearly, I was probably at a very, you might not see that, but I was at a very close point to giving up. And I was feeling burning out inside. And I found a fresh relationship with the Lord Jesus that transformed the way I began to think and feel. And yet things around me were not changing. And yet I changed. I was transformed. Because I understood I need to keep company with my Lord and Savior. Not just fill my mind with a load of stuff about him, but actually be with him. Wow. So how do I do that? How can I see him? 
You know, we have to uh, give our attention to Jesus. He says, keep company with me. I'll show you how. Come away with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch me. Watch how I do it. So we need to give Jesus our attention. We run around and do lots of other stuff. But Jesus wants your attention. He wants your company. He wants to be with you. He loves you that much. And so we have to give our attention. I've been saying this for a long time. I discovered I have to have an intention to give God my attention. There's something in my... A decision has to come, and then I've got to do something about it to give Jesus my attention. I want to be with you. I decide. I decided a couple of years ago, I'm not going to listen to the things that, that are going the wrong way or pulling me down or what... I want to hear your voice. I want to be with you, Lord Jesus. And so I found that as I read the the New Testament, as I began to take a time each day, I began to read. I decided I would read through the New Testament in a year. And as I read, I prayed and I worshipped. And for about 15 minutes, that's all it was, no big deal, about 15 minutes every day, I found that I would read through the New Testament I began to pray and speak to Jesus and just love him. I felt God's arms, his arms around me. I began to see what he was doing and what he was saying. I began to find rest in him. That brings me on to my next point. So you and I can do that. We need to make space, make a place in our heart, make a home as it were. And so that takes intention. That honestly takes an intention, a desire. It's interesting that uh, Clive said that when you go away, there's a desire. Um, I find that wherever there is a desire, I will meet Jesus. I, I In the midst of my turmoil. So two years ago, you might not have realized it, I was screwed up and finished. I was literally finished. You don't know that, but that's how I felt. And in the midst of that, I discovered the Lord Jesus, as I began to spend time, and I began to find healing, release, revive, renewal, refreshing. And this is what Jesus says, keep company with me. And he wants to keep company with each of us and each of you. And I give my attention to him. So I, intend, so I began to read, I, set, I began to, and it was gentle. Do you know what? You can read through the New Testament in a year. It's one chapter every day. You can read a chapter in about five minutes Literally, and you would have read the entire New Testament, all about Jesus, all about Jesus. As I began to pray, I began to worship, I began to then keep company, I began to see him, I began to feel him. The Holy Spirit began to speak to me. I was woken up with a dream one night where I saw myself swimming. I, 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 maybe, I don't know, tell you the story. I, I, um, I had this dream, and in this dream, uh, there were, I, I was walking on air, which is a bit weird, but I was walking on air, and I was putting my fingers through the bushes, as it were, not having a care in the world. And as I did that, I looked down, and there were some people in a car looking up at me, shouting at me, honking their horn, winding down the window and shouting at me. I, I was under a lot of pressure at that time. But I was miles above them in the air, looking down upon them. And then an amazing thing, and then no matter what they said and shouted, it wasn't affecting me. It wasn't that I was better than them, but I was being lifted in the power of the Spirit. And then I began to do breaststroke, and I began... This is weird, isn't it? It's weird. I didn't have too much cheese, honestly. I began to do breaststroke. I don't have many dreams, honestly. I don't. I don't get dreams, but this... the the. The big points in my life, I've had three or four dreams, and it's usually where God's going to do something big. 
And it, this came round about the time. As I began to do breaststroke, I began to, I, God said, you're going to start to swim. You're going to start to experience the things of the Spirit in your heart and in your life. It was amazing just by spending time and keeping company. And in that time, then, we began to experience life and growth in the life of the church. And people say, where are all these people coming from? God is good. Jesus just wants our company. He wants your company. So he says, I, so if that language of love, that language of relationship that you can see there, moving on swiftly, he says, um, and it will bring you rest. I will give you rest. I'll give you a real rest. And that word rest, literally um, rest comes out of relationship. I find that when we spend company, who you spend company with, you know, you refreshed. Some people refresh your You're refreshed by the company of some people and we're sometimes pulled down and feel, that was a heavy, heavy day by the company of others. I'm not looking at anyone at the moment in the face. But but if you spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're lifted. He loves. It's amazing. And rest comes out of relationship. And this is a a few uh, words that Jesus shares. He wants a relationship with you so that you may rest. Now, rest, a couple of things happen when we rest. And this word rest means um, we'll stay fresh, we'll gain focus, and we'll experience freedom. Three things. We'll stay fresh, you'll gain focus, and you'll experience freedom. Fresh. You're lifted. Uh, Louise was sharing her experience of just feeling filled, renewed, released, things coming off her life. When you're with Jesus, you feel as if you really discovered who you really are. People say, psycho-speak is in in counselling situations, I need to discover who I really am. When you relate to Jesus, you feel so freed that you will really know who you are. A son and a daughter made in the image of the living God, truly loved and completely smothered with God's love. That changes everything. The human heart just wants love. With the great someone, Jesus Christ. You'll be fresh, refreshed. And I, I, I am being refreshed. I can honestly say I'm being renewed. It's incredible. It's amazing you'll stay fresh. Secondly, you'll gain focus. Focus is perspective. When we've got problems, I lose perspective. I had many problems, church life and stuff and this and that, and I lost perspective. But when, amazing, as I began to swim up here and everything was down there, I wasn't better. God was saying to me, get my perspective, Adrian. You can see clearly now. Uh, as the song goes. I saw clearly, I, uh, amazingly, you'll get a focus in your life. You'll be able to see what God wants you to see. You'll be able to see your life, how, how it should be in God. You won't have to try hard. God will show you what life is really like. But have you ever experienced that thing? You can't see the wood from the trees. When you're in the midst of something and you're, you're feeling down, uh, at, at, at Jordan's um, stag uh, day, we all went football zorbing, whatever that is. I can't describe it to you, but it's like being, you're in a giant bubble and you have to hold on to this thing and you're just bouncing to people. And uh, there's a, I'm going somewhere with this. You can't see the wood for the trees. And during the midst of this, this game that we had to play, it was mindless stuff, but it was good fun. And uh, in this thing, anyway, there was this thing. We played uh, British Bulldog in these giant bubbles, basically. And uh, I was the guy in the middle 
because I won this particular game, and I had to stop everybody else as they just charged towards me, all in a stupid little bubble like this. And there's me standing in my little bubble, just going boing, boing. And at, at, one, at one stage, it might not have been that game, but I was boinged by, he's not here this morning, Tom Hicklin. I was so boinged, I, I landed flat, and I couldn't get up. And, and he then boinged me again. And I, couldn't, and I boinged back down. I couldn't get up. And he boinged me again. And then he stood over me, going to boing me again. Do you know, sometimes in life we're so bashed we just can't get up. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was going somewhere, honestly. If that's on video, if that's on video, is it? Yeah, we'll have to show you that video. Yours. It was terrible. I, I was traumatized by the whole event. But, you know, uh, perspective. We, we, uh, but sometimes in life, it's to the point that you just can't get up. You can't see a way out. You can't see a way forward. And God gives you perspective. So we, gain, we are fresh. We gain focus. And we'll experience freedom. You will be released from those things that hold on to our lives. The, the, to having to live to please others. Always being in guilt or fear. We're released from all those things. It's amazing, you know, in church leadership and life, sometimes you, you, can't please, you, can, you can't please all the people all the time. Some of them sometimes. And it's not that I just say, blow it all, I couldn't care less what you think. But there is something about being released and freed by what God thinks is best. Freedom. And so rest, fresh focus and freedom. So... This morning, will we keep company with him? And Jesus says this, with this we close. And I love the way the translation goes. So there is this sense that we will know that rest, that focus, that freedom, that freshness when we spend time with him. How good is that? How good is that? And then, and then he goes on to say in the translation, and watch how I do it and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced rhythms of grace. There is a grace. There is a mercy. There is a love of God that is for your life. And I have discovered, and the translation is correct, that in life we go through seasons. You'll go through cycles. There's a song called The Rhythm of Life. No, we're not going to sing it. Don't worry. We're not going to go down that way. But there are cycles and seasons to life. So you can be on top of the cloud, you can be in the valley. There can be seasons when your life begins to change with your job or your family or your health. It can be good, it can be bad. And we sometimes can feel that God's not there. Why am I going through this? Maybe you're going through, you know, we all go through seasons. There's a rhythm to life. There are seasons. Call it a cycle to life, a season of life. It's interesting it's referred to as a rhythm. And do, do you know, the amazing and beautiful thing is this. For every season and cycle in life, There is a rhythm of grace for you. There is something of God's mercy, something of God's love that's just right for you right now. So whether you're at the top of the mountain or the valley, whether there's a change in your job, the circumstance of your health, God hasn't left you. 
just need to find that point, that rhythm of grace for that moment. And so Jesus says there, I won't lay anything heavy on you. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You see, we've got to learn what it is to know those rhythms of grace. There's a, there's a mercy for you today. There's a mercy for you in your marriage at the moment when there's a stress. There's a certain cycle in our marriages. There's a cycle in our health. And we need to lay hold of that rhythm, that mercy, that grace, that forgiveness, that love for this moment. And we do that by being with Jesus. We receive something. Paul the Apostle said this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Uh, He was speaking about a, a, a pain, a weakness in his life. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. There is in our weaknesses and in our moments of despair, our downtimes, a moment of grace, a rhythm of grace, and that's to be learnt. Sometimes we're so instant. It's switch the power on now, Lord. Click the switch. Where's the grace? There are moments where God does do that. Of course, he's sovereign. He can do what he likes. But there's something to be learnt. There's something to be related to. That something is a someone, and his name is Jesus. Let's pray together. So, if you do anything... Towards Easter, Lent, the period of 40 days of prayer, of reflection. Get hold of Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30 in the message translation and make those words your experience and pray over them, meditate on them and say to Jesus, I want to be in a place with you. And as you do that, give him your attention. Heavenly Father, you see our hearts and lives here this morning. Thank you for your people. Such a great group of people here today. They're here because they love you and they want to know you. And so this morning, I thank you. It's not hide and seek. There's no hide and seek in the kingdom of God. You say, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. And so wherever we're at right now, I pray for a season of grace for people that need in that challenge. Maybe people feeling far from you. Maybe people being worried about their health. Maybe people in marriage and relationships struggle and tensions. Uh, Maybe in life we're on cloud nine, everything's going well. But for others of us, may we know that rhythm of your grace, mercy and love for our lives right now. Lord Jesus, we want to learn from you. We want to watch how you do it. We want you to show us. We want to really know what it is to rest in you, to walk with you. And so it's in our hearts and lives that we're going to focus and give ourselves to you afresh. Holy Spirit, would you just come now and make your word living in our hearts. Would you come and restore, heal and deliver, refresh, touch those parts of our lives that we don't even aware of right now. Make this not just a head thing, but a heart thing and a spirit thing. May our whole body, soul and spirit be refreshed and renewed this morning. We want to be transformed into your likeness, Jesus. And so as I seek to read your word, as I seek you in prayer, as I worship you, as I open up my heart to you, Holy Spirit, would you just come and would you draw me closer in my experience of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. In your name we ask. Amen.